Please be seated. I'm reminded every November as we approach Thanksgiving to receive the oil of gladness, the Holy Spirit empowerment to make us ever more praising and grateful to God for all his blessings. Um, in fact, I'm going to do something that uh, I've never done before, and I just thought of it in this very second. In 30 seconds, I'm going to ask you to stand and tell someone else in the room something you're grateful for. Okay? So just think of one thing. Uh, look around, even if you don't know them. Uh, say, hey, my name's Fred, and I am grateful for. Okay, but use your name, of course. Okay, uh, let's stand together and just go ahead and tell somebody one thing you're grateful for. Okay, well done, well done, thank you. Please have a seat. Beautiful. Okay, we are priming the pump for Thanksgiving. We're getting in the flow. One thing I know is when we get to heaven, we're going to wish we had started praising more intentionally when we get there. And uh, I, I like to get every excuse I can to praise the Lord and to stir up thankfulness, gratitude, praise God. When you pray, say, Father. When you pray, say, Father. Those words have really been uh, wrecking me. It was three years ago that God said to me, Fred, if you'll let me, I will reparent you. Amen. And it was like, what? Reparent me. Somehow I knew it was right. Somehow I knew it ought to make sense. But at that time, it didn't make sense. Maybe last week when we introduced this idea of being reparented and reparented of all things by God, maybe last week you reacted like I did when the idea first came to me. What? Reparented. In fact, even more than that, maybe you reacted with either a little skepticism, ah, I'm not so sure about that, or even a little antagonism, um... I don't quite get it. I don't quite get this thing of being reparented. But when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, they asked him a five-word question. Lord, teach us to pray. Jesus, in a sense, gave a five-word answer. When you pray, say, Father. Father. It is the essence of 
my relationship with God is Father. The essence of your relationship with God is Father. You think of all the other names God could have given or, uh, to be called by when he sent his son into this world, the name he gave his son to give to the people to call him by was not some lofty name. I mean, there are lots of lofty names that, that he could have been called by. A Lord of hosts, a Lord God Almighty, Captain of the armies of God, Lord of glory, King of glory. There, there's some big names. Or even he could have given them a little Hebrew name. That always adds a lot of gravitas. You know, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Tzidikhnu. Uh, the, the, the great uh, names in the Old Testament in Hebrew. He could have gotten kind of clever with it. He could have gotten kind of... Um, intellectual with it. He could have gotten formal. But think of what Jesus did of all the names he gave you to call God by. He gave the name Father. I mean, you really have to pause. We've used the Lord's Prayer for so many years, we can speed right past the most incredible and so take it for granted that we rattle it off without even thinking. Father. Well, it did not pass the notice of the Jewish leaders in Jesus' time. Now, last week we laid out our primary verse in this series. Luke 11:2. When you pray, say, Father. This morning I want to lay alongside it another verse. It's John 5, verse 18. And let me read this verse. This is why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him. It, that's Jesus. Because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father. Now, this is only about three months into Jesus' ministry. He's, he's barely getting started in his three-year ministry. But he did three things. He heals a paralytic. He then says, your sins are forgiven. And of all things, he had the audacity to do it on the Sabbath. And the people were offended. I mean, as if they healed on Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. I mean, it's like, <laughs> you're upset that it was on the Sabbath. Really? Is that the best you can do to get angry at Jesus? Because he, he did it on the Sabbath. I mean, it's like so foreign to our understanding. It's easy to feel critical of such a posture. But then he validates his healing, his declaring forgiveness on the Sabbath in verse 17. John 5, 17, he says, my father is working until now and I am working. He's, he, he had the audacity to call God father. And then, the next verse is this verse 18. 
So early in Jesus' ministry, they were plotting to kill him because he did things on the Sabbath according to their culture that he was not supposed to do, and he called God Father. Would you give me a break? But, but here's the deal. It, to them, they couldn't relate to it. They didn't get it. They knew about God, but to call him Father was, was too big a stretch, too big a leap. That was outside of their framework. And it wasn't real to their experience. And I just happened to think that there are some here in this room, when you hear someone else talk about Father with a smile or a tear or a sense of endearment, an intimate appreciation of the relationship with Father, I have to think in this group there must be people who say, I don't get it. it it's not my experience. I, I've gone to church a lot. I, I read the Bible. I, I do this and that. But to call God Father, really? I, I'm not so sure that this is an unusual reaction. While we may not have killed Jesus because of it, it may provoke us. We may feel left out if we don't have the same level of intimacy and appreciation. Now, on the front end of this message, we're going to dig in here, but I want to give us two assignments. I want to give us one assignment for today and one assignment between now and the end of the year. The assignment for today is I want to encourage all of us to take 15 minutes sometime today to read the entire chapter of John 5. Of all the chapters in the Gospels, there's only one chapter in the Gospels where Jesus uses the name Father in reference to God more frequently than he does in John 5. He uses the name Father 14 times. So I want you to read John 5 today and answer these three questions. When Jesus says this, what does it tell us about his relationship with the Father? What does it tell us about the Father's relationship with the Son? And what's it tell us about our potential relationship with the Father as well? That's for today. But I want to give us a second assignment between now and the end of the year. We've got basically two whole months. These are Jesus months. We've got Thanksgiving now, and then we've got Christmas in December. And so I want to give us this assignment to read in the next two months all four Gospels and do exactly the same thing. Mark every time you find Jesus saying, Father... And I'll tell you, you should find 172 times. 172 times Jesus calls God Father in the four Gospels. So mark them all. If you read them through and you only found 168, read them again and find the four that you missed. 
I'm telling you, there's 172. In fact, I would love it if somebody comes up with 173. Go ahead. Go ahead. Prove the pastor missed something. But ask these questions. What does that time when Jesus talked about the Father, what does it tell us about his relationship with the Father? What does it tell us about the Father's relationship with the Son? And what does it tell us about our potential relationship with the Father as well? Think it through. Now, we're going to dig in. So what was it that, that when Jesus not only refers to the Father in direct prayer or in reference as he's referring to the Father to someone else, why 172 times Father? What does it tell us? And beyond that, what does it tell us about why Jesus came to be able to give you and to give me, of all people, the privilege of calling God Father. I'm gonna give us three quick things this morning. We've already had a full morning, but three quick things. First of all, listen to me. When you pray, say Father. Father summarizes your entire spiritual life. Father, and your disposition towards calling God Father is the essence of your walk with God. It is the best indicator of your spiritual maturity. Father. Because, and listen carefully, the beginning of all prayer is relationship. Not just any old relationship, it's father-daughter or father-son relationship, the most intimate of all. And the more you grow in Christ, the more you appreciate the Father's love for you. And the more you grow in Christ, the more you appreciate the benefits of being his child. That is the essence of prayer, it's Father. And really, any prayer that does not come from Father is nothing but hollow religious words. If your prayer life is a duty and not a delight, it's because you're not praying from your relationship with Father. As you grow in love and appreciation, Dad, Dad, Everything else flows out of that. And the beauty is, it doesn't get any simpler. So often we make the Christian life so complex. This is not complex. It's so simple we miss it. Of all the times that I've taught prayer around the world, the more I go and the more I teach, the simpler it gets. It's not complicated. It flows out of Father. Father. Now the, the second thing, and this is the beautiful part, it's not only the beginning of all prayer, it starts in here. Amen. Being able to say Father has to start inside. Now the beauty of that is it's not some artificial add-on. It's not something you tack on the outside. It's not external 
And it's, so it's not religious in that sense. Amen. It's relationship. Amen. We've heard that. It's not religion, it's relationship. Okay, that sounds like a cliche, but it's not. This is, we're ta- this is the essence, and it has to start down here. Next to the scripture we're looking at, I want to lay another verse, and it's Romans 8, 15. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Now let's start with Abba. Abba. Let's say it together. Abba. Oh, come on. Give me something. Abba. Oh, do it, do it loud. Abba. Oh, that was good. Louder. Abba. Oh, yes. Now, every one of us can relate to this. You have a baby, and the dad goes up to the baby and holds him, and, and dada, dada, dada. The mother picks up the kid, oh, mama, mama. The grandfather comes in, papa, papa. What are we doing? We want the kid to say our name. We want it as simple as possible. We don't want them to say, father. I mean, what kid's going to start, father? You start, dad, 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 dad. Now, in the Hebrew, the Hebrew dada was Abba. And I'm telling you, that's better than dada. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you why. The first use of the vocal cords, you know what it sounds like? Ah. You, you work your vocal cords and you breathe out. It's ah. And all you add to that is you close your lips. Abba. That's it. It doesn't get any simpler than Abba. That's it. Now, what does the Holy Spirit do for you? Listen, look look at this verse again. We receive the spirit of adoption. By whom? By what? The spirit of adoption. Whom? The spirit here in this case is the Holy Spirit. He's not an it. He's a person, and that's why it's by whom we cry, Abba. It's incredible. So even more than when you pray, say, Father, as if that's too formal, it's, it's when you pray, say, Abba. And now, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. Yes. And just like an earthly father says, Dad, Dad, an earthly mother, Mama, Mom. Why does a kid always say Dad at first? I mean, maybe it wasn't the true, true in your case, but it just seems like it's an easier one. It's like the dads cheat. They got, they got an easier uh, two-syllable word to use. But just like a mother, mama, it's it's electric. When the kid says, mama. And then unprompted, you walk into the room and the kid goes, mama. Oh, oh, is there anything better than that? I mean, 
I don't have to tell them what to say. They do it on their own. The Holy Spirit, it's the same way. The Holy Spirit inside of you is trying to get you to say his name. Abba. Simple. Don't make prayer complex. God himself is trying to make it simple for you. So powerful. Now let's back up. The Spirit, but you received a spirit, now follow this, of adoption as sons. Some of your translations may have tried to make this gender neutral. Now, let me assure you, I'm all for making things gender neutral when it doesn't matter. This time, it matters. You see, in the first century, a woman, a baby girl, did not get any inheritance. So if God made this gender neutral, he would, that would be a demotion for women. But the fact is, God gives every born-again male and every born-again female the spirit of adoption as sons. That does not, this is not patronizing men, it's elevating women to keep it gender specific. Do you see what I'm saying? In the first century, you don't want an adoption just as a child because you may not get with that adoption any rights and privileges. What you want is is an adoption as a son, and that's what every man and woman gets in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. It's powerful. It's powerful. So, what's happening here? This verse is all about reparenting. From the moment you are adopted into God's family, the Spirit of God inside of you is helping you address God as your new parent. He's helping you be reparented. And then look at the next verse. For the Spirit himself testifies to our spirit that we are children of God. And what's this saying? This is saying the same spirit that helps us say, Abba. The same spirit that helps us regard the Father as our new Father is the same spirit who speaks to our spirit telling us you are his child. You are his daughter. You are his son. And this, verse Romans 8, 15 and Romans 8, 16 is a summary of all prayer because it's us speaking to God and God speaking to us. Romans 8, 15 is us speaking to God. Abba, Father. Verse 16 is God speaking to us. You're my child. You're safe. I bless you. I love you. I'm going to take care of you. Everything you need, I'm going to provide for you. Everything, everything. 
There's no weapon formed against you that will prevail. I will care for you. Every need you have, I will, I'll take care of you. You are special to me. You are blessed and highly favored. Whatever is in the house is yours. Now, the third thing I want to say about Father. The first is it's the headwaters of all prayer. Prayer, all prayer begins with relationship, and that relationship is best summarized by Father. The second is that it's inside. This isn't some add-on. That's why it's not religious. It starts inside, way down deep. When we go, Abba. And the third thing, I, I, Lord, help me. I don't know how to communicate this. This is not a mindset. This is reality. You don't have to talk yourself into, oh, I'm being reparented. Okay, the pastor said I'm being reparented. No, this is reality. You are being reparented. Go with it. The Holy Spirit is encouraging you to appreciate the Father more and more every day. And the Holy Spirit is telling you how loved you are and how highly favored you are every day. And every day God wants to bring you back to this place. Hallelujah. There's just one more scripture I want to give us. This is so powerful. It's Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and his name shall be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And here's the deal. This is talking clearly about Jesus. He's the child who was born. He's the son who's given. But look at what it says about the son. The third name. Everlasting Father. What's up? I, I thought the Father's the Father and the Son's the Son. Let me tell you, there's only one person, there's only one person who should call Jesus Son, and that's the Father. We don't call him Son, you know what we call him? Father. That's what it says. Well, what sense does this make? You're confusing me. That's not confusing. I'm a son. In heaven, I'm going to meet my parents again. And I'll always be their son. Forever and ever, I'll be their son. And yet I'm a father. I'm a father to four biological children and many of you and many others around the world. I'm a father. So I'm a son and I'm a father. Jesus is a son and he's a father. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, it's so powerful. I'm telling you, it's powerful. Now, let me just make one specific application and we're going to wrap it up. But here's the deal. So many of us have thought, boy, I, I love the New Testament God, but the Old Testament God I'm not so sure about. Let me just say, and I say this with, with great respect for those of you who have struggled at this point. The fact of the matter is, if you don't love the Old Testament God, you don't know the New Testament God. I'm just telling you. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Even in the verse we looked at this morning, John 5, 17, my Father is always working and I am working with him. Yes. 
son is the spitting image of the father. The God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament. If you think there is a difference, then you have a misconception either on the God of the Old Testament or the God of the New Testament. There's a misconception. Because I promise you they are one in the same. And they did not change when Jesus was born. That, that, that itself would be totally impossible. The whole notion that God changed. He used to be this angry guy and now he's a kind guy. Ridiculous. The same God who was a God of tender mercy in the Old Testament is a God of tender mercy in the New Testament. The same God who uh, did judge unrighteousness is still the same God who judges unrighteousness. And apart from that, we would never understand the cross. We'd never understand what we did this morning, taking the bread and the cup. But the very fact that we take the bread and the cup, it's the union of the Father and the Son. So that the Son becomes the Father of many nations. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Worship team, come. Help us respond. It's a powerful song. We've sung it a couple times this morning, one in the opening set and then before the message. But I asked Don, let's sing it again. Um, the chorus ends, and I will sing his praises. I will sing his praises forevermore. And we will. In fact, uh, go to those lyrics. I want, I want the f beginning of the song on the screen right now, please. Let's jump to, Don, what's the words of the, how it starts? Father God, yeah. I wonder how I managed to exist without the knowledge of your parenthood and your loving care. Yeah, R read these with me. Father God, I wonder how I managed to exist without the knowledge of your parenthood and of your loving care. Let's stand together and worship the Lord. Ah. 